You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. Each week, you'll hear from remarkable guests who have overcome challenges and obstacles to succeed in the face of adversity. By listening to their stories, you'll get practical tips, tools, and resources you can implement today to bust through your own internalized prisons of worry and doubt. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Well, welcome everybody for joining me on this special master's class and podcast episode. For those of you in the intentional nonprofit leaders, this will be both a closed session just for you, but then we will edit out parts of it so that the broader population can really benefit from Allison's knowledge. So I'm pretty excited about that because this is a special treat to get into the weeds on um, photographing our pets. But let me tell you a little bit briefly about Allison. She has been voted San Diego's best pet photographer every year since 2014. Six years, long time. So when Allison and I talked about this, you know, I was describing to her why I thought this would be a good conversation piece for this group, because even though it's not about leadership and it's not about um, being strategic, it is about like taking care of yourselves as leaders, doing things that fill you up and make you feel great um, and being creative. And we all need that kind of space to create and feel engaged in the world. And, you know, when you're looking through a lens, you start to see things a little different. So today we're going to chat about, um, using your cell phone camera to get the best out of that, getting your dog to look at the camera. My dog will not look at the camera. Well, he will until the last second, and then he turns away. And then <laughs> she, um, Allison will give us some helpful obedience commands. And then what do you do when you're trying to photograph two or more dogs together? And like I said, we'll talk about how do you transfer those ideas from pets to people so that when you're taking pictures, maybe you're using them for your events or your organizations or your family, that you actually have more engaging um, photos that just draw people in to you. So before we get too far into it, I want to ask Allison if she will give us a little bit of introduction to herself and how she even came in to this realm of pet photography. Did you always want to be a photographer, Allison? No, for most of my life, I didn't realize that pet photography was even a thing, you know, that it could be a job. Um, there's certainly, you know, no four-year degree that you have to get to go into pet photography. So mm -hmm. I kind of fell into it a little bit, uh, as you can imagine. 
I'll give you the short version. I just took photography 101 in high school, like the basic course, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, but what I enjoyed more was writing, actually. And I went to college the next year, and I went to the school newspaper, and I was like, I'm going to write for you guys. This is going to be great. And they kind of said, okay, you know, you can write for us, I guess, but we already have a lot of applicants, and you're just going to cover, like, student council meetings at first, and we don't pay. <laughs> and they were like, I don't know, they just weren't very welcoming, and it was at their little open house, so I wandered over to the photography department, and they were amazing. They were like, hi, how are you? Do you know how to use a camera? Do you want to learn how to use a camera? Do you want to photograph, you know, sports games and, and you know, these amazing, you know, events and things? And I was like, oh my gosh. And they paid. They paid like $5 per event, which, come on, in college, I was like, sign me up. So yeah, I got started with photography. I never wrote a single article. And I just fell in love with it during college. Um, I went to a big sports school for college. So I was always photographing football games and basketball games and that kind of thing. And then when I graduated, I married a guy who was in the Navy ROTC program. So you can imagine kind of looking at my career choices. I was like, well, <laughs> so much for the typical career where I can kind of settle down and network and, and that's going to be, you know, home base or anything like that. I knew I'd be moving around the country. So I was like, well, what else can I do? I loved having a camera in my hands in college. I looked around for sports teams where we were, but there were just none anywhere nearby, like within hours, <laughs> no major sports teams. So it was around that time when I was kind of thinking, you know, what am I going to do is when we adopted our dog, Bailey. And I started photographing her and then friends' dogs, and it just kind of grew and blossomed from there. And I love it because I never realized this when I first got into it, but like, you know, sports photography is amazing and exciting and there's nothing like being just past the end zone when a football player is like running in for a touchdown that kind of thing but at the end of the day the best thing that can come out of a great sports photo like the best sports photo is like you make the cover of the sports page the next day and that's it and then life goes on and more games are going to be played and everyone kind of moves on with their lives plus i really don't think sports stars you know really need another photo of themselves Whereas what I'm doing with families is I get to create portraits and memories that they're going to remember forever. I get to give them something so much more meaningful because a lot of people really struggle when photographing their dogs. And, you know, that's, that could be their best friend. That's a family member. That's, that's not okay for me to, to hear about someone who just doesn't have a single good photo of their dog. So I love what I do now because it's just so much more meaningful than sports photography ever was. So I've been doing this for nine years now and I love it. <laughs> So I have some questions for you just on the business end before we get to the technical ends. So you started it, you didn't see it growing into being a business like it has become, correct? Well, how did you I mean, keep it, it was, how'd you keep it so it fit what you wanted in your life and didn't kind of like grow just because you had all of this pull on you? Well, when I first started looking into pet photography and realizing that it was a job that some people have out there, some lucky people, that's when I got really excited. Um, and I figured, hey, I could actually make a run at this because before then I just kind of worked dead end jobs and nothing really was lighting me up. And same with even when I had a camera in my hands and I went on photographing, I mean, no offense, but just people like <laughs> family portraits, weddings, babies, I can do that kind of thing, but it just, it doesn't get me excited. Um, I, I still occasionally get requests from people to do sessions like that. And I always say, you know, you don't want me to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do as good of a job as someone who that's their specialty. Same reason you shouldn't ask a wedding photographer for a pet photography session. Like it's a different specialty. So 
I don't know if that answers your question, but um, it definitely was a job that I felt like I could fit into my lifestyle because I knew I wasn't going to be in one place forever with my husband being in the military. And thankfully, he actually got out after about four years of service. And then we actually got to choose where we live and not have to move every two or three years. So that's been a huge improvement, um, at least for my peace of mind. <laughs> so, so now I suppose I could, you know, do other things, but I just love this so much. I don't know why I would stop. <laughs> well, that's, that was in question in answer to your question. That was what I was asking you. Um, and really how you contain it because some people can get really successful and then it starts eking in and pretty soon you, your business becomes a burden right? And it doesn't even look like that's become that for you, right? You're still jazzed about it. And... I am. I am jazzed about it. But here's the thing, what I wish someone had told me before I got started, I figured that calling yourself a pet photographer and going into business with that, that means you do 90 to 95% of your work behind a camera. You're always photographing pets, right? Because that's your job, pet photographer. Um, surprise, I do five to 10% of my work behind the camera. And the rest of the 90% is like, behind a computer, it's doing administrative work and marketing and accounting and, and client communication and just all different things. And if I didn't love that side of business as well, I don't think I'd still be here. But luckily I love that side of business almost as much as actually working with pets, so. So I, that, that really is the sweet spot, right? Instead of being buried by that side, right? To recognize that it's part of it, but how great for you that you actually enjoy it. It is good. It's, it's very lucky. I just, I think if I didn't enjoy it, I truly, I wouldn't be here anymore because it, that really is the vast majority of what I do. So I just didn't know that when I got started. Now I know that and I can warn other people that think I just, you know, cuddle with puppies all day because that's not the case. I wish it were sometimes, but that's okay. That would be nice. Okay. So let's get to the meat of the interview about pet photography. Um, so first of all, what is the typical request you get from someone? Is it just come photograph my pet or do they have a particular thing they want from the picture? Do they come and say, I hope to have this type of a picture? Not really. Um, everyone's different, of course. Uh, I mean, I joke that if I were a wedding photographer, I'd just include an album with the wedding photography purchase because everyone's supposed to get a, an album, you know, when you get married. But everyone wants something different with pet photography. Um, I'm kind of known for wall art um, and art, you know, um, wall decor. So a lot of people do say, you know, I want a portrait over the sofa or, you know, photos to go up the stairs or something like that. But no, everyone wants something different. And that's fine because we get different results <laughs> with every session. We just kind of play it by ear and see what the dogs are, are willing to give us, so to speak. So, Okay. Well, let's take it down to like my basic level. Say my only camera that I have is my cell phone, which on phones today, the quality of the cell phones are pretty good. So what would you, how would I even get started about, instead of the picture I get, which has a pretty background and a dog that's not looking at me, how do you help me be a better photographer? Yeah, well, the first piece of advice I'm going to give you is not like an actionable tip that you can write down and check off a list, but it's more of a mindset. And I think it helps immensely um, whenever I have a camera in my hands. And that is, I'm just not there to force it. I'm not there to rush it. I'm not there to make something happen and force something to happen. Um, the dog is kind of the boss. I'm really not the boss and my clients... <laughs> definitely are not the boss. The dog is uh, because 
what I love about pets is they wear their heart on their sleeve, right? They're not going to fib. They're not going to lie. They're not going to pretend one way when really things are another way. So if a dog is having a great time during a photo session, that's going to come through in the photos. They're going to look happy. They're going to be relaxed. They're going to have a nice facial expression, that kind of thing. Versus if they're uncomfortable or, or they don't feel right or, or they're tired or they're just not into it, that's going to come through as well. So I just don't force it. I don't, you know, um, go too long or, 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 you know, ask too much of the dogs. I'm very, very considerate of what a dog wants to do. And I tell my clients, like, um, we're just going to kind of go at your dog's pace. And if your dog wants to run around the park like crazy and, and play fetch for an hour and a half, then great. We'll do a lot of that. Versus if your dog just doesn't even want to get off the couch, if <laughs> they just kind of want to hang out and relax, then we're going to do a lot of relaxing in the session. But my biggest advice to people is just do what your dog wants to do. Don't force it. Don't rush it. A lot of people get so excited about the idea of taking a great portrait. They're, they're like, they grab their camera and they say, okay, here we go. We're going outside. We're going to do this and take this great photo and you're going to be a good dog and you're going to love it and you're going to behave so well. <laughs> If your dog didn't really sign up for that, why would you expect it to really happen? So I just want to make sure that my clients' dogs are like thrilled to see my camera come out because they know it's going to be good things. It's going to mean we're going to get to do playtime. It's going to mean treats galore. It's going to mean whatever they want. So yeah, my biggest advice is just what does your dog want to do? How would your dog like to spend the next 10 minutes of time? And maybe try spending the time that way. And I think you're going to get some maybe different photos than you've ever gotten before. And I think they'll be better because your dog will just be happier to be participating and they won't be like, the camera came out. Now I have to like sit in this one place for 20 minutes while she figures out the camera. Like, oh, so you've been going to have a good time with it. You've been with me. <laughs> that kind of is the expression. It's like, are we done yet? Can we go yet? So, mm -hmm. but, but Allison, if I'm thinking about that, am I encouraging my dog just to do his thing and then I'm trying to capture that? Or I'm still like, I'm thinking, am I just trying to get his piece or do I go with a set? Like, I really would love a picture. So like on your website, for instance, you've got a scrolling bunch of great photos on there. You've got the picture of the Goldens, you know, in the surf coming up, sharing a stick together. And you've got the shepherd and the, um, Weimar Honor together that just had this great look on their face. They just came up again. Um, so that's just them doing their thing and you're taking a picture of them? I always go into sessions with a plan. And I think it's great. If you have 10 minutes, 15 minutes that you want to spend with your dog trying to get a great photo, then great. Come up with a little list in your head on your phone of saying, well, I want a photo of my dog sitting and looking up at the camera. I want a, a full body portrait of my dog standing so I can see their whole body. I want to see if they'll lie down and then I can get myself down in the grass to kind of take a portrait from their angle, that whole thing. Um, so I would definitely come up with a list, but I guess my, my bigger point was just be ready to roll with whatever your dog actually wants to do and kind of, you know, roll with the punches of um, of what they want because they're your subject. And like I said, they're not going to fake it for you. <laughs> they're going to let you know if they're happy about the situation or not. So um, I guess just, yeah, head out there with a list and, and be ready to be flexible, but also be ready with the camera. Um, that's a mistake that I see a lot of people make is, is they'll kind of get their dog in position. They'll get everything right. And they'll say, okay, grab my phone. All right, where's the camera app? I'm going to find it. Okay. It loaded up and now I'm going to aim it at my dog and get the right angle. And in that three seconds of time, a hundred other things have happened that are more interesting to your dog. Maybe a squirrel just ran across that side of the yard, or maybe they heard a truck go by or, or something. 
so I would, whenever you're out there with your dog, be ready to go, have the camera app on your phone, open just like your finger hovering over <laughs> the, the shutter so that all you have to do is basically twitch a muscle and you've got the photo. Be ready to go and be ready to take lots of photos too. Um, I like to say there's no award that anyone's ever won for taking the best photo in the least amount of tries. That's, that's not a thing. I mean, go through your camera's memory. Digital memory is cheap these days. You can always go back through later and delete the ones that didn't turn out. But I take a lot of photos <laughs> in my photo sessions. One, one phrase I used to learn in the sports photography world was, you take 100, you get one. And that is, you know, you get one keeper. Um, that's true for dogs too, 100%. <laughs> so, okay. so don't be afraid to go through a bunch of photos in order to get that one. And, and don't be concerned if that great photo doesn't happen in the first two minutes. You know, it, it may take 20 minutes for your dog to settle down and, and kind of get their wiggles out and do their own thing and then say, oh, okay, you want me to lay down here and stay and pose for you? I'm ready. <laughs> so, okay, here's a question. You talked about coming with your camera ready. And I know my phone, when I go into the camera, I can go into the settings, right? It's got a ton of settings. Do, you, do I want to set it on like multiple shots? So when I aim, it'll do the five right back together. Do I do it on near focus far? I mean, what? What? <laughs> I, <laughs> okay. As far as cell phones go, yes to all the above. I love being able to use burst mode is what you're talking about when it takes a bunch of photos all one after the other. Um, that, and I think live view, live photo mode or whatever that's called on, on the iPhone on recent versions. I feel like that's cheating. I feel like it's a great thing because if you catch your dog blinking, you can just move the little slider and oh, there he was when he was looking and eyes open. So I love using little, you know, hacks like that for when I'm just taking photos with my iPhone. But, um, but yeah, I would say use that focal point like you mentioned, if you can, if your phone lets you just kind of like hit the screen and it'll focus on that point. That's a great thing. Um, one thing I also like to remind people of is to clean the lens before you get started with a cloth. Um, the lens that's on the front of the camera, you want to actually wipe that off with like the bottom of your shirt or some kind of cloth, not with your finger because our skin has natural oils in it, etc. And if you've ever seen a photo that was taken indoors and, and the lights, the light fixtures are kind of like spreading out, like they have like, they're, they're shooting out kinds of like, you know, extra light. That's really distracting in a photo, first of all. And it comes from that photo was just taken with a dirty lens is really all it was. So um, clean your lens off real quick. That extra two seconds of just rub, rub, rub. Okay, ready to go. Um, is going to get you know get you non-distracting photos of of little things like that, like lights or the sun or anything. Um, but yeah. Oh, and my other advice too for using your phone is get to know the editing software that's built into your phone. Whether you have an iPhone or or an Android or Samsung or whatever. I'm only familiar with iPhone, but I've been really impressed with the built-in editing software that you can go in and you can change the brightness and the saturation. Um, you can do a lot. I think that the editing software that's already built in can take a good photo to a great photo because what I would challenge you to do is to go into the settings, take a favorite photo that you have and maybe make a copy of it so you don't do anything to the original photo that you love that you don't want to mess with, but take the, the copy of the photo go in and see what see what saturation does compared to what vibrance does. See what exposure does compared to what brilliance can do for a photo. There's all kinds of different things that you can kind of mess around with. You can crop down so your subject is like front and center if they weren't in the original photo. Um, yeah, highly recommend that kind of thing. So, 
So technically, when I'm shooting, where do I want my light source to be? Behind me, to the side? How do I manage shadows so the, the subject is like perfect? Perfect. That's that is a really good. great so the subject question. Is I like good. that question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can see the subject. That would be great. Um, well, before you do worry about the direction of the light, what I would first have you worry about is making sure that your background is getting the same kind of light as your subject. So whether that's a dog, whether that's a person, anything else, what I want you to make sure of is that if your person is kind of in shade and shadowy, then make sure your background is too. Because if your person is kind of sh in, like shaded and your background is brightly lit up by the sun, your camera is gonna get really confused. Your camera sees very different things and it's gonna say, oh my gosh, well, should I make the whole picture dark because that background is so light? Or should I brighten the photo and just kind of lose all the detail that you can possibly make out in the background because the subject is so dark? It'll get confused. It'll start making decisions on its own that you can't control if you're on auto mode, which is every cell phone always on auto mode. So make sure your camera's not making those kind of decisions or working that hard. Make sure there's just even light in kind of the whole picture that you're shooting. But in terms of lighting from the front, lighting from the back, that's an artistic decision. That's kind of however you want things to look. And that's also the bigger decision that I'm typically making is what background is the best. Is the background the best such that I get to shoot into the sun? Or is there a nice pretty, pretty backdrop over here and the sun is shining just entirely over here? So I don't know, I think that's a bigger concern, but um, yeah, there's definitely a lot to be said for, for lighting things. I can go into more detail if that's helpful or if that's already well, like so at a basic, Yeah, at a basic level though, to make sure that the lighting doesn't contrast too much between the subject and the background, and when I think about the, you know, like what happens there, and as I'm looking at your pictures, you're right, there is an evenness, not a flatness, but an evenness so that it doesn't, one doesn't overtake the other. So. It's hard to see with your eyes because your eyes work similar to a camera, but also different. When you consider that a camera's shutter is open for like a millisecond, like a tiny fraction of a second in order to take a photo, it has to make decisions. It has to, you know, kind of uh, react to whatever it's seeing and it can't like look into an area where the, the lighting is mixed and kind of resolve it as our eyes do within a couple seconds. So it's a little tricky looking at it, but as soon as you start saying, okay, what's the lighting on my subject? What's the lighting on my background? Are they the same? Then you're gonna be in really good shape. Okay, so now let's get down to the obedience stuff. How do I get my dog to look at the camera? Okay, well, that's two different questions, right? Obedience and looking at the camera. So okay, first I'll answer obedience, <laughs> and then I'll answer that one. Okay. <laughs> um, as far as obedience, I have three favorite commands. That's an easy one. Sit down and stay. The most important one is stay. If I could pick one command that every dog would know, it would be stay because that way my client's feet and legs don't have to be in every single photo, right? They don't, their dogs are probably going to want to run to them. So in order to get a photo of just the dog, can just the dog stay in this pretty place while the humans kind of make their way out or, or whatever, you know, pose we want to capture, stay is huge. Um, and sit and down just provide for a lot of great variety. Um, as far as looking at the camera, <laughs> that is definitely a challenge sometimes. What I would say is, I'm sorry, but be willing to embarrass yourself a little bit. Even if you're in public, be ready to say, 
hey, where's the treat? Where's that treat? Do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to go for a car ride? And talk to your dog as if you are home and you're about to go for, oh, geez, my dog just perked up. But, <laughs> but you get the picture. Um, talk to your dog about as far as doing those things that you know he or she loves to do. What are those trigger words? Is it chicken? Is it treat? Is it dinner? Is it walkies? Is it, you know, um, whatever the case may be, talk to your dog about those things. And if those things don't work, then I would be prepared to just make some silly noises. I make some pretty embarrassing noises during my photo sessions, but I tell my clients, the more embarrassing the noise, the better it works. And I will get their dog's attention to look at me. If I meow like a cat, if I bark like a dog, if I, I don't know, squeak, I, I just, I do all kinds of high pitched and weird noises and they're very weird and I don't enjoy doing them in public, but they get the job done. Oh man, so. I'd be your go along because I love making noises like that. It, <laughs> they just, they make me laugh. So then I can't focus on what I'm doing, no pun intended. But <laughs> I would love to do that because I like watching animals go and they have that look like, where did that come from? Right? Exactly. They'll, they'll often look at you and have that confusion of like, what the? And then they'll relax when they realize there's no like, I don't know, parrot in sight or anything like that. They'll be like, oh, okay, everything's fine. And then that nice smile comes back oh, over their very face again. Cool. It's great. Okay, so stay, sit, and down, your top three. I think about those are really good until you say, want to go for a walk? And it's like, over. The stay. Then they might jump up. So that's why you've got to be ready. Like I was saying, you've got your finger hovered oh, over the oh, shutter okay. so it takes a twitch because you've probably got a half a second between you and your dog is like, what did you just say? And then pops up to get ready to go on it's that on. walk or whatever We're going. it is. Be ready for that split second moment. You've got to have fast reflexes, that's for sure. So, so do uh, many of your customers come, they've got multiple dogs that you're trying to photograph. So what do you do mm -hmm. there? I mean, cause oftentimes there'll be like a dominant dog or a troublemaker who likes to be the goofball, right? And gets the other one in trouble. One's being good, the other one goes, let's play. So what do you do? Yeah, I'm familiar with that for sure. <laughs> uh, my, what I always tell my clients is that the photo of the dogs together by themselves, no humans included, is the toughest photo that we are gonna take for a whole session. So if you struggle to photograph your two plus dogs together, you are so not alone. Everyone has that same struggle. I have that same struggle at the beginning of a photo session. But what I found is really helpful is we tucker the dogs out. This is even a great tip too for just a dog with a lot of energy that doesn't want to sit still or anything like that. Let's take them on a nice long walk. Like let's tucker them out. Let's get all those wiggles out. Let's take even a trip to the beach, whatever it may be. And then by the time they're back, oh, they're chilled out. They kind of, you know, got their energy expended. They're much more willing to sit and stay or even down and stay. So definitely I would wait until your dogs are tired if you're wanting to pose them together. And the other thing that makes it easier I've found is that I actually start with the whole family portrait. When I'm doing group photos, I like to include my human clients in there for that family portrait with everybody because they can kind of wrangle, you know, their dogs. They can kind of hold one on their lap here and have their arm around the other one over there. So they kind of get the dogs in the mood of, okay, we're just sitting, we're just relaxing, no need to go anywhere. We're just hanging out. And as soon as we're in that vibe, we do the family photos. And then slowly after that's done, then I tell my human clients to just slowly extract themselves from the photo and let their dogs continue to sit or lay there and relax. And you know, sometimes that's a smooth process and sometimes it's not. But as long as you've got a little bit of patience, and again, the dogs are tuckered out at least a little bit, 
I think they're going to be more willing to sit and stay together. And I like to take photos of dogs together as they're sitting or laying down. So again, back to my favorite two commands. I just feel like when they're both standing, they're both ready and raring to go. And they're going to tug on each other or they're going to play or they're going to lunge for the ball that's nearby or they're going to just run out of the frame and out of the scene that we've created. So I think if they're sitting or laying down, they have a little more incentive to just stay that way. And it's not so easy <laughs> to get up and go. So. Very cool. So I've got two questions and then I want to um, pause for a minute and open up for some other questions. But when I think about the types of dogs that you've been asked to photograph over the years, is there a certain type of dog or breed that is most challenging for you? <laughs> no, don't make me stereotype a certain oh, breed. Oh, come on. No, I, I, we I, all do that. It's like, I think about it like, okay, of the dogs I've owned, I guarantee, I guarantee you the one I would tell you would be the toughest was my Malamute because she was stubborn, right? She would look at you, know what wasn't she wasn't supposed to do, and and I could see the wheels going, is it worth getting in trouble to do this or not, right? <laughs> Bye-bye, gotta go. I'm going to the fireplace to put my head in and pull out something, right? And walk around with soot on my face. No, and then the other ones, they're very compliant. It's like, okay, I don't wanna be in trouble. You know, I, I don't like any voice that's higher than this. So there's the compliant ones and they're the ones who's going, really? I'll obey you, but I'm not going to hang out that long with you. So I just didn't know if you have one that's more challenging as a breed in general, recognizing I'm not asking you to stereotype, but um, overall, higher so maintenance. I will say sometimes it can be a little challenging to get those higher energy dogs to settle down for a stationary portrait. They just want to take action photos the entire 90-minute session, <laughs> and that can be a lot. Um, so arguably maybe higher energy breeds, but at the same time, I think you actually hit the nail on the head when you were describing your dogs because you described their personality traits. Right. So if a dog is stubborn, no matter how much, you know, built-in energy they have or, or, or what they're inclined to do, if the dog is stubborn, they're going to do what they're going to do. This comes more into play with me when I am photographing my clients who have cats um, because I am a pet photographer, not just a dog photographer, and about five to ten percent of my work is working with cats. And yeah, cats for sure have a mind of their own and they're just not as easily tempted <laughs> or bribed, I should say, really, with, with food, treats, toys, you know, playtime, anything like that. So um, yeah, it's a little different, I guess, environment when you're photographing a cat. But, but no, it's just, it depends on the dog's personality. And I think that's why it makes sense sometimes to hire a professional because I like giving people tips to capture those everyday moments with their dog. Um, because there are some things that you're going to experience that I, as a professional, am never going to experience. Like the way your dog sleeps funky, you know, at their, you know, afternoon nap or something. I just don't get to see that. That's not the nature of what I do, but you do. So I like equipping people to, you know, capture those everyday moments in a great way. But as far as like the big moments, as far as those portraits that you really want to, you know, hang up on the wall and, and, and really celebrate over time. That's what I love to help people with, um, capturing and, yeah, that's, that's the sort of thing where if you're working with a professional, whether it's me or anybody else who calls themselves a professional pet photographer, they should be able to get great results from any dog, any demeanor, any energy level, any stubbornness level. So, so yeah, you just kind of have to work with <laughs> the dog's energy and, and personality however you can, I guess. Okay, I have a question that I'm going to pause and open up. But this just occurred to me now because when you said you work with people to get that, I understand you're doing that so you can get their pictures. But 
Allison, do you also train people? Is there a way, like if I wanted to work with you, is there a way that I could get better? Not necessarily, I don't see myself ever being a professional pet photographer, but you know, it'd be kind of cool to have like great pet pictures. I do. So funny you asked. I just started a recent, um, it's just a Facebook group. I mean, but it's, it's free. Um, <clears throat> anyone can, can click to join and I'm just going over some of my best tips that I've learned over the past like nine plus years of doing this professionally. I just decided it's time to, to share my knowledge with the world. It was a little bit, you know, inspired by lockdown and quarantine and all that, but I've just been having a really good time sharing some of my best tips with people that, you know, um, have either had to postpone photo sessions because of all this, or <coughs> excuse me, maybe they're just not going to have a photo session in the future for whatever reason finances, geography, there's a lot of reasons why it just wouldn't work out to have a photo session. So um, yeah, I'm giving people all kinds of tips over there in that Facebook group. And it's Ooh. called Take Better Photos of Your Dog. So if you just search for that on Facebook, you'll find it. And, and so if I'm in out, that like, group, a lot of tips like this. Yeah, if I'm in that group, and I put up a picture, do you give feedback like, oh, well, okay, next yeah. time you try that shot, would you, you <laughs> might try this? Yes, I'm, I'm very nice about it. But yes, I am giving people feedback if they want it. Nice or not, you can, you know, if you take it, you're going, I can see something's wrong. So give the info. All right, Allison, I just want to say, as we pause for a moment and move on to the next portion of it, I just want to say thank you so much for your time on letting me grill you a bit on all these tips. Um, I'm a big dog person. And I know the folks who are on this call with us are as well. Um, as well as some who couldn't make it today. So um, just thanks again. And for anybody listening, I'll have make sure all of Allison's information is available to you. So you don't need to be worrying too much about that. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.